0: Puck comes to the right side half wall. Marcius, So there opens up. He shoots score. William Carlson tipped it home. 3 0 Golden Knights. Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at lvsportsnetwork.com. Ducks back in they to to put it on goal. Save Thompson.
1: He sprawls and gets the rebound too.
0: This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team. Exclusive player interviews. And breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here's your hosts, Darren Millard and
1: Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas. Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. Ryan Wallace, Darren Millard. Hanging out. Stefanos brand new location blue diamond indicator we're going to be here from four to six you're going to want to come down say hello paul cotter finishing up signing some autographs inside five dollar euro balls there's really no reason not to come down here to say hello to darren millard chris chapman however does not get to partake in all the fun chapman is back inside the finley chevrolet fox sports las vegas studios finley chevrolet on the 215 home of the I I just got to
0: meet meet the Stefanos. That that was one of the coolest things that I've done here in Vegas. Know them, hear about them, uh, follow them, uh, eat uh, at Stefanos. And I just got to meet the Stefanos, uh, which is great. And they are big listeners of the VGK Insider Show. Huge hockey fans, uh, as exhibited by Paul Cotter being inside signing the autograph. So, uh, what a celebration here! Uh, long line. There's Nick. Uh, Nick is uh, over there. He's uh, having some. He's actually working the door. And and Nick <laughs> is the best doorman. He's owner, but he's also the best doorman because yeah. he's much bigger and stronger than me. So he, he can control the the crowd that's here.
1: To be fair, there's a lot of people that are bigger and stronger than you, yeah. but yes, I wouldn't mess with Nick. I'm telling you that right now.
0: He's one of like uh, 25 Nicks that I know uh, that, are, that are great. <laughs> uh, Nick Kiprios uh, from Toronto. Uh, <laughs> Nick Stefanos. We're, we're, this is awesome. This is really cool. Uh, family-owned business, uh, a couple of generations old, and uh, oh, outstanding what they do in, in and around the community, and also with with the offerings that the, that they have for you to uh, to come and uh, keep yourself healthy, so it's it's awesome.
1: We're going to get into some hockey talk today too. Yeah, we are. I, I cannot wait to get into our game ratings from last night. I cannot wait to dive a little bit deeper into Tage Thompson' his night last night. But oh, it's you know, not done.
0: It's, I think he just scored again.
1: Oh, that's fair. Okay, well, that if that can, in any rate, then he'd be tying a a nice record. So I
0: will say this. Okay. You are excited about Tage Thompson mm-hmm. scoring those five goals last night. Yeah, I have a reason. I don't know whether you saw Tage Thompson and uh, the interviews that he's done mm-hmm. after his big performance last night mm-hmm. in a uh, fourteen to uh, two drubbing of the of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Is it was it fourteen uh, what, two? What you're the you're off.
1: You're off a little bit. It was nine to four. Oh, nine nine four. I yeah. could have.
0: Uh, I was. I was right in the. In the Still want to I'm, I'm sour that they didn't get double digits. I'm really sour. I was hoping for that. And and they were giving it a shot at the end.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: And I've got something to talk about uh, that as well. Maybe not what you expect. But on the subject of Tage Thompson, five goals last night. Why you're ticked off and disappointed mm. if you're Tage Thompson after a five goal night and you may have left the rink. Somewhat disappointed. Okay? There's, okay. A, there's a spin on that uh, last night. And uh, John Shannon's going to join us in a couple of minutes as well, our NHL insider from Toronto, the Bob McCowan podcast, uh, former executive director of, executive producer of Hockey Night in Canada.
1: I always love it when John Shannon uh, swings by the show and tells us stories about young Darren Millard. It's mm-hmm. my favorite.
0: Well, he, he didn't know me when I was young. Younger. Yeah, young ish. Younger. John's <laughs> on more than one occasion uh, talked me off uh, a ledge or two. Just, just relax. You're 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 going to be okay. Which I think is what uh, what some people around the uh, uh, the Golden Knights were doing last. It's just relax. Mm-hmm. It's okay. It wasn't the best third period last night. It, you know, it's a wonky night. Okay, when the second period is the VGK's best frame in a game.
1: That's really true.
0: That goes against all the metrics of the season, and that was the case last night. Uh, They had almost 20 shots in the second period, got back in the game, and tied up uh, at one. And then things, just when you're waiting for them to take control of the game the way they have so many times this year, close game, close game, grab control of it. Uh, It it went the other way, which was, and we haven't seen too many multiple goals piled onto each other in quick succession, like a bang, bang. Yeah. Uh, and that happened last night. So it was it was a weird, wonky night. I want to blame it on the schedule, but I think it goes a, a, a little bit deeper than that. And I think it'd be unfair just to go, ah, it's uh, on the schedule.
1: Yeah, I, I'm not really sure where I fall on last night's game, specifically last night's third period, but we'll, we'll get to it a little bit later on in the show.
0: Yeah, we got, uh, we got John Shannon on uh, with us, the former executive producer of Hockey Night in Canada, now co-host of the Bob McCallum podcast, which I was uh, very fortunate to be involved in uh, this week as uh, part of an episode with Billy Jaffrey, talking about the Boston Bruins VGK game uh, the other night. Uh, John, uh, what's happening with you, pal? Hi,
2: guys. How are you? Ryan, how are you? I'm great, John. talk to you again.
0: Yeah, you know, we had such a great visit the other day, and it's almost like we know each other the way that we were on the (laughs) same page in a couple of those takes regarding the Golden Knights' uh, victory over the Boston Bruins, which was such a uh, a build-up regarding Bruce Cassidy and uh, a build-up regarding the Boston Bruins' home ice winning streak.
2: Well, dare I tell people how well we do know each other, that would be a scary moment. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I don't. I, I don't want to. Pe- you know, the the people in Vegas don't deserve they need any stories like that.
0: No. Uh the, we played the wars.
2: We the wars that we have been through.
0: We ha- we have been through just uh, a couple. <laughs> One of my favorite pictures is of uh, John Shannon and I and uh, my daughter Harmony uh, doing a Stanley Cup playoff game together on the set. And uh, and my daughter <laughs> would just call him John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt. <laughs> Because yeah. she was, she was. She was that, that's who she thought he was at the time. Because she was so young.
2: Ryan, Ryan I, I got to tell you, I, I, Darren and I worked uh, the uh, the Tampa Chicago Stanley Cup Final together, mm-hmm. uh, and and we became traveling companions. And there's no worse traveler in the history of mankind than Darren Millard. <laughs> nope, the nope. worst uh, traveler of all time. That doesn't
0: Darren surprise Millard. me. Well, I d- I don't have the nexus. Uh, pass yep. to get through the lineup at the airport, and okay. John goes through in two seconds, and I have to stand in line. So we had to get to the airport all the time early, so I could make it through the long lines going through Orlando and Chicago. Not uh, too easy airports to to get through. And uh, the the other great one was I would make John listen to Dane Cook. Dane Cook was hot oh, at the time, and uh, so on. we we would listen. We had our, our Dane Cook uh, hours uh, in the in the car rides to the rinks in yep. Brandon, Florida, and, and in Chicago for the practices.
1: I'm
2: sorry, John. Well, you know, I learn a lot about a person in a car. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that, that, that's very true. Hey, that was the Stanley Cup. Correct me if I'm wrong, but where they were late getting the yeah. Stanley Cup to the rink on the presentation night, right?
2: Well, yeah, what happened that night was, if you recall, it was a terribly stormy night in Chicago. There was a deluge of water and flooding in the streets. Uh and uh the, the the guys from the hockey hall of fame that were bringing the cup to the arena uh got detoured and got blocked and were 40 minutes late. So so there because was there there was the world filling for almost 40 minutes. Yes. as we waited for the Stanley Cup to show up for the presentation uh, of Chicago versus Tampa
0: because there used to be this uh, going back to 2015, uh-huh. there there was this tradition where teams didn't want the Stanley Cup in the building okay. before the game started, because it was a, a bad omen or a mm-hmm. jinx. Mm-hmm. So they didn't yeah. want, and so they would always, even on a on a game seven type night, they they would bring the Stanley Cup uh, into the arena at some point during the game. Sure. So that's what yeah. they did that night. But uh, it was also the last night that they did that <laughs> uh, because right. they changed the change of rules after that.
2: Yeah, from then on, Mister uh, Mister Batman, the Commissioner of the League, said uh, the cup has to be in the arena before the game starts.
0: Uh, and uh, you would you would have made that? T- hey, do you, did you uh, you you produce so many Stanley Cup finals? Uh, did you ever get the shot of of the Stanley Cup arriving? I know it's somewhat staged now, where they unpack the cup and they put it on the table. But did you ever have the the footage of the the Stanley Cup rolling up in the station wagon and 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 being oh, unloaded? Sure. Yeah.
2: I'm so old that we actually had footage of the Stanley Cup being transported in a car before it was in a box. Really? Wow. Oh, so yeah, it was just yeah. wide was open in the, the, the backseat? Not to bore people, but the, the curator of the Hockey Hall of Fame was a guy named Lefty Reed. Um, and and Lefty <laughs> he used to travel through the Stanley Cup final and have the cup in his room um, and, and then would just carry the cup uh, out of the box in a car, and then bring it down the ramp into the arena. So you'd have Lefty gutty out of the car, just pulling the Stanley Cup out of the back seat.
0: That's outstanding. Can I ask a follow-up <laughs> to that, if I may? Yeah. What, was was Lefty actually a southpaw, or was there another reason <laughs> why he was called Lefty Reed?
2: <laughs> I have no idea. Any Now, did you know any... Guy named Lefty that wasn't a southpaw.
0: No, but but <laughs> okay. I'm wondering, like,
2: like, was
0: Lefty a former player? I I don't know Lefty. No,
2: Lefty Reed was a legend. Was he? he I- would remember Lefty Reed. George would, and
0: George will text me uh, because George listens all the time, uh, and he'll give me heck uh, for that uh, because uh, I'm I'm not up to date. But I, I really don't know uh, what was. Do you know what Lefty's given name was so I can I can Google it? And is it R E I D? Is that the read or is it R E I D?
2: But if you if you just Google Lefty Reed, it'll pop up. Okay, I didn't I didn't know that uh, I didn't know the story. I love learning as we go. Yeah, well, you know that's what happens when you're old like me.
3: That's that usually there's my always line. A story
2: to be told. There's always a story to be told and, and somebody might learn something. Maurice Lefty Reed. Yeah, yeah, curator
0: of the Hockey Hall of Fame in, in Canada. Now, now that would have went back to the old Hockey Hall of Fame in Toronto. Uh, the one That's right.
2: It was on the uh, it was on uh, what what in Vegas they would call the fairgrounds what we call here the Canadian National Exhibition.
0: Hmm. Wow hey uh what uh what's catching your eye mitch Marner's uh point streak is that uh, keeping you keeping you up at night
2: not really because it's, <laughs> it's only 31 games behind Wayne <laughs> you know I mean I, I you know I, I live in Toronto I, I've enjoyed living in Toronto but sometimes you just get tired of Toronto and <laughs> and this is one of those ones where they uh, pulling in the 20 game mark and this is great and 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 then because I was I was there, I think, for 50 of Wayne's 51 games. Um, Are you serious? In, 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 yeah, I think I was. And I was there the night it ended, too, uh, in, in January of 1984 um, when the Kings came to town. And, uh, and you'll never guess. It's, it's actually kind of a cool story. So they had fired Don Perry, the coach of the Kings, on a road trip. And Rogie Vashon... The general manager had to take over for two games. A game yeah. in Edmonton and a game in Calgary. And so the first game in Edmonton, Rogie's behind the bench. And it's the night that the streak ends at 51 games. And all Rogie did was um, he put Jay Wells, who played a long time in this league, ended up being with the New York Rangers for a long time. Jay Wells, all he did was wherever Wayne went, Jay Wells went with him. Oh, Shadow? Totally. He shattered them completely all night long, and the great part of the trivia question is—and this is for the hardcore hockey fans in Vegas—is the goaltender for the LA Kings that night was a guy named Marcus Matson. Yes, a minor yes. leaguer who was just called up, right? Yeah, well, yeah, he just called up, and I, he didn't—he played some time in your in your neck of the woods in Winnipeg too, didn't he? Dare, yeah, didn't yes, yes, he better? did. Yeah, that's yeah, and that's the only reason why I know know Marcus Matson's story. Yeah, and so, and Marcus Madsen was the goalie of record to Wayne's streak at 51-ended. So being 31 games behind Wayne Gretchen, <laughs> I'm not necessarily enamored as much with Mitch Marner, okay? Is, is, it,
1: is there anything that Mitch can do in terms of this streak? Like, is there a number he needs to get to or a point total he should be hitting where you will become enamored with it? I think he has to get to 30 games.
2: You know I, I really do i I think he has to get to thirty games you know you, you, you know you know demaggio's Dimaggio's streak of fifty six games consecutive in baseball with a hit, which will never be broken. Pete Rose got to 44 I think, and so the world was agog with Pete Rose in 44 so I think if you get to thirty with a point in the NHL i I think then you have to start paying attention.
0: when do you start interrupting other programming? to bring you updates on Mitch Marner's streak. What game number?
2: Oh, in, the, in, in Toronto?
0: 48, 49. <laughs> in Toronto, was, it was 8. It, it was number 8.
2: Yeah. I mean, did you did you see what his teammates showered him with beer with for, for getting to number 18? My goodness <sighs> gracious. It was crazy. Well,
0: <laughs> the weird part is he hasn't had more than two points in any game. That's... That's the part that blows me away. It's is, underwhelming. In a way, it is underwhelming from a total point standpoint. Uh, but the the Gretzky streak was shocking because it didn't go beyond fifty one. That night, I have read where he played Gretz uh, the final five minutes of that game. Do you have any recollection of of, of what went down mm-hmm. in the in the final minutes of trying to continue well, his, but his the, point those were,
2: those were times where Wayne would normally have a two and a half minutes. Three-minute shift a lot, oh, and 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 you'd <laughs> then you'd be then you'd go after the game you'd go see the guys and 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 you might have a beer with them and 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 then you'd hear the story that Messier sitting on the bench leaning back to Glenn Sayers saying, "Hey, when's it my turn?" <laughs> you know, and uh, so so the, the, the rivalry between Messier and Gretzky was you know they're, they're, there's only twenty minutes of ice time in a period. It's difficult to imagine that uh, if Gretzky went to three minutes and Messier went to three minutes, there's not much more time for the other, uh, for shifts. There's not much more time for centers three and four on that roster
0: you're right about that john shannon's with us uh our vgk insider nhl uh specialist uh with are at stefanos uh the uh, beautiful launch of their new location uh, fourth location uh with the family business of uh, greek food you know nick kiprio so we know greek food uh, very well john uh and this is uh interesting talking about jason robertson who had his streak stopped and mitch marner whose streak is going when does a streak actually all kidding aside when does it become a legitimate point streak how many games
2: Oh I, well, I, I mean, I, I you know, I, I was an old stats guy. I started in this business as a stats guy, and and if if you got to ten games, that was quite something.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So and and the, and the key what's happened what's happened over the years is is scoring went down so much that you know you, if you used to used to measure things by saying if you got a point a game for six or seven games, seven points in seven games that was worthy of a stat on television. Well, we we got we went through such bad cycles of offense in the NHL that you were doing and you got five points in seven games and people were happy about it. Now it's going back the other way again when you think of all the goals being scored and the averages for goaltenders going up. So I think if you're talking about 14 or 15 points in a 10-game streak, then that's when it really is somebody should start paying attention.
0: So, Marner breaks Daryl Sittler's mark and A.D. Olchek, who uh, I was with yesterday and we are having a chuckle about that uh, so he passes Sittler and Olchek on the same night, or yesterday uh, being that Tage Thompson I thought yeah. was going to make a run at Sittler's points record but he, but he only got halfway there is it, is it still cool that he scores 5 or it's like, he should have had at least a couple of assists 5's five's,
2: five's cool Five yeah. goals is. <laughs> all right. I mean, when you five's cool by itself. I don't care if you get any assists. All
1: right, okay. five just,
2: goals behind a goaltender in the National Hockey League—that is—that is something special. I just was
0: left underwhelmed. I wanted it to be more. I wanted to have the Sitler watch on.
2: Yeah that that was a that was such a strange game to watch. Anyway, uh, you know, Columbus. Columbus has just kind of just evaporated. When you think uh, with the season, how the season was supposed to start with such great promise there with the signing of Johnny Goudreau and Patrick Laine getting a new contract. Uh, But they've got goaltending issues. That's something that we haven't seen in Vegas very often this year. Goaltending is a key point for a success of a team, other than last night, obviously, for the Knights.
0: Is uh, Logan Thompson a legit Calder candidate outside of the Las Vegas Valley?
2: It's funny. I was actually going to text your your friends at TNT last night. I don't. I, I was going to say they, you know, they haven't talked enough about Logan Thompson being a rookie of the year candidate, and, and then he did not have his best game of the year. So I'm glad I didn't send the text.
0: Do you um, do that a lot <laughs> uh, outside of me? Like you'll
2: send me notes during games. But, yeah, uh, well, the, 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 but you need help. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I mean I, you need all the help you can get. That's true. I'm just trying to. I'm trying to keep you on the straight and narrow. Personally, professionally, yep. driving, and I, yeah, and, yeah. and to be honest, when I send you a lawless notes, I like to make Gary nervous. So that's
0: good. <laughs> <laughs> you do. John will send notes like uh, after the uh, the pregame show, five minutes in the first lawless order in uh, in uh, Tobaco tonight or wherever the hell you live. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. and uh, and he'll he'll add a couple more, and then Gary will try and fire back, but John always gets the last word, and he does. He, he do make him a little uh, uh, uptight. <laughs>
2: Hey, every once in a while, I, I tweet out that I'm looking forward to another great episode of Lawless in Order on my Vegas Golden Knights broadcast.
1: You know, John, I, I do want to get your take on scoring right now in the NHL because you know, last night we, we look at the Edmonton Oilers; they put up eight goals. That Connor McDavid has a four point night. You look at Tage Thompson; the Buffalo Sabres score nine. Like, where where do you see the the reason for the influx of goal of goal scoring that we're seeing this year?
2: Well, not to sound like an old guy, uh, but I'm going to almost try to repeat what John Tortorella said, is, you know, the structure of hockey's changed. And, and, and there's lots of reasons why the structure of hockey's changed, is there's a, a lot of non-veteran players playing the game now, and they don't understand how to play the game completely. So you, you end up with guys on entry-level deals still learning how to play the game, whether they're twenty one 21, or 22. Hmm. Uh, and and so they don't know how to back check as well. They don't know how to play that game as well. Uh, and and there is a myriad of reasons why those guys are in the league. The the biggest one is all is that, you know they cost less to pay because of the salary cap and the flat cap this year. Um, so there's a lot less attention to detail. And it drives coaches nuts and it drives old you know old uh, uh, hockey people crazy. Um, but that's really the reason is that the different you know the the differentiation between the guys on entry-level deals that are being given responsibility on the ice, and they just don't know how to do it yet.
0: Well, Tortorella calls it a young, dumb league.
2: <laughs> a young, dumb league. And I love that. I love that quote. Yeah. It, it, it is a young, dumb league. And, and you love the enthusiasm. Uh, and, and, you know, managers and owners are saying, play the kids, play the kids. But coaches don't want to play the kids. They'd rather have somebody they can rely on rather than have to, you know, being an NHL coach shouldn't be like a teaching hospital. You know, it 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 should be the, the elite of the elite.
0: Mm-hmm. Hey, Dad, talking about Vegas, uh, four and one, uh, or sorry, uh, three and one on the road trip, and then they come home, and it's a tough turnaround again. Second time it's happened this year. Uh, there's uh, some concern about that side, but then you look at the overall record, and you are nineteen eight and one. Uh, what's your assessment? I love getting the outside world's opinion on where VGK are.
2: Well, and uh, it, I, I think you have to consider no Eichel, no Petrangelo too, yeah,
0: yeah.
2: Uh, as as part of that. You know that you know when you when you're losing two horses as as good as they are, two thoroughbreds, then you then you're you know you're you're asking for a little bit of trouble. Oh, I I think that people are are looking upon the Golden Knights and saying, "Wow, Bruce Cassidy's done a good job." Jack Eichel has come back to being the player that they thought, and that goaltending, whether it be Thompson or Hill, is remarkable. The other the other guy that, that doesn't get enough credit that was missed a lot last year and didn't have his greatest game last night, Alec Martinez plays such a solid game on the blue line for this hockey club. Uh, and I mean, he missed so much of last year and and didn't really get recognized for missing that much last year. And I think that. He's such a valuable member of that blue line that yeah. that makes a huge difference having him back and healthy.
1: Is there anything you can look to to kind of understand why the Golden Knights have been so dominant on the road and just a game over five hundred at home?
2: They're not the only team like that in this, uh, this year, Ryan. There are other teams that have the same thing. Uh, what I would say is that when teams go on the road, particularly teams with young families, there are less distractions. And so when, when you are on the road, you, you get into the routine of, you know, 9.30 bus, 10.30 on the ice, back for lunch, have a nap, back to the game, onto the charter. And players, hockey players particularly, love routine. They love the routine. When you're at home, particularly in a place like Vegas, where in the middle of November, when it's minus 28 in Brandon, Manitoba, uh, mom and dad decide they want to come and visit. There's a few too many distractions at home. Your kids are at home, you know, driving them to school, which is a great thing. It's good to have family, but you do not have routine. And I think that that never, that doesn't get talked about enough of what happens in the NHL. Particular players love going on the road, they never tell their wives that. But they love going on the road for that now, very reason.
0: Now you just let out the secret. Hey, uh, I've been texting with somebody. Well, we've been on the air here talking, and uh, he says that uh, you are his idol, and that he wants you to know that he carded an eighty-one yesterday. Do you know? Well, you I'd know be- what?
2: Then that sandbagger McLean is going to be giving the <laughs> so That's all I know. <laughs> He's a and, and sandbagger from the worst of time. That's all I know. <laughs> but you know what? But have you played golf in Florida, uh, Darren? Have you played uh-huh. golf in Florida? Yes, and a couple of times. Flat as a pancake. Yep. Flat as a pancake. There's not a hill on any golf course in Florida, so it's easy to play golf there.
0: He said, "Now that he's put up an 81, uh, he is now your idol."
2: Well, no. Hey, listen. I'm. You know, my book's out. I'm still waiting for his <laughs> book. To come. You're I've right. <laughs> you are right. And I've been hearing about his book since
0: before oh, the draft was invented, I, and it's he about was the draft. Me
2: for two years this guy Doug yes. McLean was telling how hard it is to write a book. Yeah, and I had finished mine in the in the in the meantime, and and, and there was nothing to it. It's a piece of cake.
0: I had a great conversation with Kelly McCrimmon about your book last night. Uh, we had a coffee, and it was Kelly that brought it up. So congratulations on that. It wasn't hold, hold me on, Just no, uh, I
2: hope you made him buy a book and not give you your copy.
0: Uh, no, no, he 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 bought a book. He he said ah, he bought he yeah, bought your I, book. I
2: knew I liked that McCrimmon. Yes, you're you're right about it. Uh,
0: I know you. Uh, you got to fly. You got a busy night ahead of you. Thanks for taking the time with us as you do every Thursday when the schedule allows it.
2: Well, and we've got to talk to the schedule maker in Vegas. Yes. Can't play road games uh, on Thursday. Okay, come Steve on, Steve
0: Hatsapetros. Come on, get it uh, together. Yeah. Uh, thanks, John. Appreciate it. Cheers, boys. <laughs> He's the best, John Shannon, former executive producer of Hockey Night in Canada, two-time executive producer of Hockey Night in Canada, co-host of the Bob McCowan podcast, uh, which has a wide-ranging topics. It's a Canadian podcast, but uh, a lot of hockey in there. If you're a hockey fan, uh, check it out. Uh, had some fun with those guys uh, this week, Bob McCown, uh, Bob McCowan's the old grumpy guy. Oh, okay. uh, you, you would you would love him like he is. Would, he's yeah. awesome. He doesn't say a lot, but mm-hmm. when he talks, it's usually he's crabby. Hmm. So uh, I get along with him. I, I like trying to to skew the whole conversation away to, to get him totally off base. And, and John, John's the little stickler. Like he pokes. And John's like me on that uh, yeah. that podcast. Yeah,
1: it doesn't sound like you at
0: all. Uh, Tage Thompson why you're not totally thrilled with that five-goal performance. I'll explain that, and we'll get a little bit more into Mitch Marner. But I also want to dial up the VGK talk, obviously, yeah. as we uh, come off last night's performance against the New York Rangers. I'm going to play a game with you. Why Yay. it wasn't so bad Okay. and why it's bad. Like okay. last night's game. Sure. Um, to- totally. Uh, just why it wasn't so bad okay. and why it was bad. Uh, because I think there's uh, there's two ways to look at it obviously sure. the result is the result and you can't get away from that mm-hmm. it's the vgk insider show where are we we're at stefanos we are Medi- having a
1: great time mediterranean grill uh newest location blue diamond and decatur it's a fantastic spot smells so good i cannot wait until this show is over because i'm going in and i'm getting a five dollar euro bowl that is phenomenal stuff get down here say hello to us and uh, visit Stefanos. Uh, and
0: I've had a great time uh, while well, Paul Cotter is here. Uh, yep. Just, just bugging him. like well, As, oh, as if he doesn't get enough of me. He's like, you're here, too? Yeah, yeah. What's I saw, going
1: on? I, I saw I saw the look on his face yeah. when he saw you walking. What's in? going on? Uh, it's wrong.
0: the VHK Insider Show live in location on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. BGK Insider Show live on location. Stefanos, uh, it's dusk, sun setting across the mountains, so the big signs are lighting up right now. That means the stars come out. It sure and that does. Is Paul Cotter's here. Yeah. See the way I, do, I set him up? to see he's well a done. star because he's he's he's. Late. I saw somebody paint a picture in there, uh, Paul, uh, of you
3: scoring on the Boston Bruins. Like that, that had to be done in the last two days. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, that's a quick painting on that one. That was. Uh that was pretty wild to see. Uh, uh, don't get to see that too often. So,
0: what was the road trip like for you?
3: Um, successful for the team individually. I think it was good for me. It was kind of a point in my season where um, you know I I could play a little bit more confident. Uh, I started to have a little bit of success, having a couple goals points. So it was good. It was good to to get the Detroit game out of the way. I've been thinking about that one for a while. So. First time at home is uh, a little nerve-wracking, but it's good to get it over with and um, played against Crosby, so that was uh, a dream come true, and seems like a lot of the things on, on this past road trip was uh, was pretty surreal, so um, obviously it helps when, when the team's winning, and there's a uh, good feeling in the locker room and in the hotel and everything, so a uh, really cool road trip. What, uh, have
0: you had your welcome to the NHL moment uh, because you mentioned... St- Passing City Crosby brushing up against him, but uh, is there somebody that you lined up against that uh, that you scored on or that you went up uh, uh, on a rush against?
3: Um, yeah, I, it was the Crosby thing. Uh, yeah, I remember you versus Edmonton and and McDavid was coming down and I I kind of did a cut back and and went past him and uh, it was kind of like a look back like yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I, I just. I you know I've never I haven't really been too starstruck. Uh, other than in warmups, I was I was kind of doing my stretch and I looked over and saw Sid doing the same thing. And uh, for a second there, I was like, "Whoa!" Like, <laughs> all right, this is this is it. So that was unbelievable. Really, really cool. Have you met Sid? I haven't. Um, I have not. But I've uh, always wanted to golf with him. I think that'd be I think that'd be awesome. What we talk to him about? I don't know. I think I'd be drooling the whole time. <laughs> like, I think I'd be like, dude, I have a poster of you in my room. Like, <laughs> I don't even know. Is it still up in your room back uh, home? Like your
0: childhood uh, it is, might be. Yeah. <laughs> it might be. That, that's cool. I love parents that keep the kids in uh, yeah. uh, the athletes' room for a long time.
3: Yeah.
1: What What is it about Sid for you?
3: Uh, it's, he's just, uh, I don't know. I just think he's, he's went through so much. There's guys in their careers that obviously are, are unbelievable players that, that go by, and everyone says they're the best or the best. And Sid was so good that there were so many people against him. The whole crybaby Crosby, and, and everybody saying, oh, this guy's better, this guy's better. And he just, no matter what, he was always the best. Yeah. Still is. I, I don't think anybody can be better than him, but he's just, he's had to deal with so much and still is just so professional so the way he conducts himself on and off the ice is perfect nobody can ever say anything bad about him so um looking up to someone like that is is pretty cool
0: paul cotter's with us uh, we are stefanos uh new location and uh, we're uh, loving the lineup and all the people that were here uh to test out the new location and uh get introduced to the uh the company and also paul cotter uh being here the vegas golden knights uh you get bumped up to with uh, uh stevenson and stone uh didn't look like you changed anything
3: yeah no i uh i was told a few times to make sure i didn't um so
0: do the players tell you that like your line mates no. or does bruce tell you
3: that? well the, the guys are more more of just play your game have fun with it um yeah. bruce said uh kind of skated by and said hey you know i thought you played well last game uh you're gonna play with these guys and don't change anything you're on this line for a reason um so don't change your game so it was it was rewarding I mean obviously playing with those two is is a treat so uh really cool how
0: so like w- w- what's what's
3: cool about it the going a little bit deeper into it is just the, the some of the some of the plays that mark stone can make is unbelievable uh, I mean it's <laughs> there's there's two guys right in front of me and I see him about to pass me the puck I'm like D- don't <laughs> don't. Don't <laughs> pass it. And it goes through both guys easily, right out of my tape, and I didn't even know I caught it at first, but and then I made a play to Stevenson. They kind of hit the post, but um, obviously Stevie's going Mach 10 at all times. He's so fast and, and wins a lot of battles, so just playing with those two, it seems like if I just win one battle and get them the puck, they are easily able to, to get it back to me for a scoring opportunity. So... Um, Little things like that, I think it, it's pretty awesome.
1: Getting getting to play with Chandler Stevenson and Mark Stone, like it's got to be a, a boost to your confidence. Do you do you view it as something where you're trying to soak up as much as you possibly can, not just in the game setting, but also through practice when you're out there with those guys?
3: Yeah, for sure. No doubt. Um, it is cool that, it, that you get to learn so many things, especially from Mark... Um, just being on the bench, you you see how he makes plays and how calm he is with the puck and how he always knows where everybody is. Um, and when you're playing with him, it's even better because you just you just open your eyes and the puck will get to you somehow. So um, it's really cool. The only thing is that we're we're first in practice. During every rep, so I gotta pay attention a bit more. <laughs> That's about it. That's the only downfall.
0: I can't relate to anything you ever said more than that. <laughs> that the, the, the first uh, rep through a drill where you, you're wondering, okay, what are we doing here? I all it would always be at the back. I yeah. totally get that. Yeah, uh, get that. And and I didn't have to do anything. I was in goal, but I'm still like, oh my god, I have no idea what's uh, what's going on. Uh, you came out for a shift last night, and that. Can't remember at what point of the game, but there was a pause, and then you guys were obviously told you were coming out, and you came out of that bench like uh, like you were shot, and it might have been after a goal even, and and just, like just some enthusiasm and ready to go. I, I love seeing that. It didn't have any impact on the game, but it struck me just your love for the game and you were ready to go.
3: Yeah, no, I think I think I wasn't. Uh, it might have been a, a penalty kill or something, so I was yeah. kind of waiting for a bit. Uh, and it's, it's crazy what confidence can do. Uh, when you're playing with confidence, you want to be out there. You want to play. You want to get the puck. And uh, I, I was feeling really good, and I hadn't played in a couple of minutes. So I was just like, put me out there, man. I'm going to explode. So uh, he called Stevie's line, and, yeah, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. I jumped over that thing pretty quick. Yeah, so.
0: it was it was, it was was wild to, to see it because it was noticeable. I don't know why I was looking at the bench instead of the action. what was going <laughs> on. That's a me problem. Uh,
1: Bruce Cassidy. Uh, it, if you just give give us kind of an idea of of what he's been asking of you what what are the things that he's he's kind of reinforcing with you and how has he been in your development this year
3: uh huge in my development um Bruce is a he's a very good coach he's very smart he's very very intelligent in the game um that i i haven't seen anybody that that knows as much as him in terms of he knows offensive points, he knows defensive points, he knows goalie situations, um, so he's he's very intelligent in the game, um, and he ultimately is the one who gave me a chance, right, so I was I was kind of a guy on a bubble, making the team, and, and he's gave me an opportunity, I think I've done well with it so far, but um, he definitely has not taken it easy on me, um, I don't expect him to, but I think he knows what my potential is. He knows what type of player I can be. So, um, you know, he's going to make sure that he can do what he needs to do to, to get me there. Yeah. Uh, and I think that as a player and as a person, I understand that. And I think we have a pretty good relationship in, in that way.
1: Do you like that from a coach, just just kind of pushing you to be better and, and not necessarily being easy on you, but knowing that that's going to get maybe an extra ten percent out of you? By the way, I, I wouldn't. I don't want the coach. I want the coach <laughs> to be really easy
3: on me and pat me on the back and do all that. So that would be that'd be great. Yeah, um, I, I wouldn't say I like it, but it is nice. It is nice to know. Uh, I mean, people, guys say all the time that you know if if he's if he's not yelling at you, you know, then. I should say if he's yelling at you, it means he cares, mm-hmm. right? And I'm a first year guy, obviously I'm going to kind of go through a couple things and work on a lot of things and uh you know he's been around the league for a long time and he knows what what's right. So it, I think it's just you know forcing the right habits and and making me be a can cons- cons- I don't know. Like he just knows, he knows, he knows what I need to do to become the player that I want to be and um if I don't think that's going to happen by saying, "Hey, Paul, like, well, great shift, but do this next time." Right. So, um, you know, sometimes to get in to force patterns down, you need to be a little hard. And um, this is the NHL, right? So I'm, I'm sure we can take it.
0: I want to know how many steps he puts in behind the bench because he's he's up and down the bench. <laughs> yeah. he's, he's up and down the bench more than any coach I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, going, going. Uh, d- am I right on that?
3: Yeah. He he is always kind of moving around. Yeah. Um, I think it shows you. He's just—he's so into it. Yeah. Um, he is really into it. He's an emotional coach. You can tell. Um, maybe get an Apple Watch on him so we can. That's. Check I, brought, <laughs> I brought it up last night to to Garrett
0: uh, Callaway uh, and and Ashley Vice. We gotta figure this out uh, before I let you go. Uh, there's something that I want to bring up. I I don't want people to to flock to this. Uh, but there's at times leaving City National Arena after a practice or uh, a, a workout where fans will gather and they'll they'll look to, to talk to people and I've watched Paul a couple of times stop his car get out and talk to, to people it's it's not unusual but we don't see it a lot uh, and I just I, I think it's awesome that you connect with the fans the way you do and I but I don't want people to start flocking to sitting <laughs> expecting Paul to stop every time uh, so there's a sort of a mixed message in this I think it's really neat and I, I really commend you on that
3: yeah, no, it, I think it's special, too. Um, I mean, obviously, this city is, is crazy with, with fans. It's bumper stickers, T-shirts, hats, and people probably don't even know the team they're wearing it. So, um, I mean, just to give back, just to say hello sometimes, and uh, I think it's special. And and it's my first year where it's like this, so I think it's pretty cool myself, whereas a lot of guys um, have been doing it for a long time, so um, they might be used to it, but I, I think it's awesome. I mean... Just today, I, I had a fan that painted a picture of me scoring a goal. Like, just right. I mean, that's just because I kind of said hello, and she mentioned she painted, and then she was like, I'll, I'll paint a picture of you scoring. I'll, oh, that'd be pretty sweet. And, I mean, that's something I'll have forever, right? So um, I, I think a lot of, you know, I'm not saying because of the gifts, but, no, but it's, it's cool it's, to give back. And, and admiration, the little, yeah, 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 the connection. Exactly, yeah.
0: yeah. And she painted the picture of you going top cheese. True. Yeah, <laughs> We like wasn't. You went bar down yep, on, yep. on, on that uh, that picture. Uh, we'll let you go. Uh, really appreciate you doing this, uh, Stefanos, I know. Uh, I really uh, loved having you here today, and uh, good luck tomorrow, Philadelphia Flyers. You've never played the Philadelphia Flyers, Detroit guy?
3: Yeah. No, we. Uh, Rocky Thompson was my coach in Chicago for the Wolves in the AHL. I think he's an assistant coach here. So. Um, oh. I'll probably give him a couple looks, <laughs> say hello. But, good looks, uh, or well, he was tough on me too, so it'll, it'll be it'll be good looks, but also like, hey, you know, I made it, so whatever you did worked, right? So awesome yeah.
0: stuff. Uh, there's Paul Cotter with us, uh, Stefanos on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We'll be back to set up hour number two on the VGK Insider Show. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Now back to Darren Millard and Ryan
1: Wallace.
0: If you missed any of the Paul Cotter conversation or John Shannon joining the show, we will post the podcast. Check it out. Both were fantastic. Some great stories from John Shannon and the likability the natural delivery and presence
1: of Paul Cotter is difficult to match. Yeah, it really is. I, I mean, you, there's, there's a natural confidence. There's a, a way about him. But uh, this is just a guy that, that enjoys, I think, every minute of, of what his life is right now playing in the NHL. And it comes across so genuine. And then you can't help but want nothing but the best for him.
0: Awesome uh, line here. Uh, he's grabbed this city, uh, yeah. being a, a great rookie, jumping on the uh, the stage uh, from the Henderson Silver Knights up to the Vegas Golden Knights. He's got the Stefanos to go pack too. He, like he he yeah. walked out of here with some good food and the picture. So that was uh, <laughs> that was uh, awesome to to see Paul. But no cliches. He's just what what Paul is is just, and I mean this with all due respect. It's because of what I am, it's a hockey geek. Yeah. I'm a hockey, yeah. And he just sit after he was done, and uh, we said goodbye to him. uh, Most guys, when I do shows, you're you're usually gone to the Mm -hmm. next thing. Uh, He stood here and talked to us, yeah. uh, Mainly because I wouldn't stop talking to him. Usually, but 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 he stood here and talked, and uh, he's just there's (laughs) there's a real uh, genuine side of Paul Cotter that is tough to do when you're a rookie because normally you're in the in the shadow somewhat
1: yeah for sure and i I think that you know that's that's again confidence in in who he is not just as a hockey player but as a person too right Mm -hmm. and you when you have that confidence and and you're you're working towards something you're you're driven by that and uh you get to be surrounded by uh, a bunch of people that that kind of share in that I, i think it it's a pretty natural progression like we've seen paul cotter grow into an everyday NHL player, but uh, the the person is is just a phenomenal person. Person that got some time in the power play last night. Yeah, uh, that's good. I like to see a,
0: a few more uh, opportunities uh, with him out there because I think there is a spot with his abilities to be able to uh, to move that puck and uh, the, he he does see the ice nicely. And uh, there's uh, th- he talked about that play from from Stone mm-hmm. to. Cotter to Stevenson and the little uh, sneaky backhand uh, that that almost generated a chance. Bruce Cassidy mentioned that today in his availability, talking about that shift and how you have to uh, manufacture offense in different ways in the National Hockey League. And one of the underappreciated and uh, tougher to deliver methods is through a forecheck. That's what they did. They created the turnover off Mm. a forecheck and then, we able to uh, turn that into something through the eyes of Mark Stone, and then the skills of Paul Cotter to Chandler Stevenson, and it almost, uh, it almost got them uh, on the scoreboard.
1: Yeah, and I think you know when you kind of look at it from that perspective, that that's a trio that can grow into being better than they have been. And, you know, the the returns for them through the first two games, obviously the big game in Boston from Paul Cotter, you're going to love that. Uh, you look at last night's game, didn't go the way you'd like it to. But they line, had chances. They still had – but yeah. they generated, right? Like they generated chances. And, you know – Mark Stone in front, like that, bang, whoa. That play specifically, but then you've got obviously that the, the play that, that Bruce Cassidy was kind of outlining where you get – Chandler Stevenson, essentially one-on-one with Igor Shosturkin. And he just isn't able to put it under the wickets. But if he does, he, had too. he did, but if he does, it's, it's a different outlook on the game. So again, I think that line is going to be able to generate chances. I think that they're going to have a really big game tomorrow because I, I think the ability for Paul Cotter and Chandler Stevenson to get in and really force the issue. And then if you've got Mark stone processing at his level and he's taking advantage of a mistake, there will be openings there. Uh, Chapman, let us know when we got to go uh, for
0: hour number two. We want to make sure that we're uh, on the clock and uh, we're keeping time properly. But there's one part of of Paul Cotter's game that uh, I- I've seen real progression. Uh, start of the season, he was going, he was banging, he was he was hitting, and he would uh, he was not out of control, but he would end up on the ice a little bit. Yeah, he's on his skates way more now, and his effectiveness physically, mm-hmm. there's real progression. And we saw it from Logan Thompson last year, from the start he came up and, and got used to the speed and, and the, the, the pace of the game. I've, I've seen a very similar progression with Paul shift to shift without handling the puck, mm-hmm. uh, as I saw out of, out of Logan last year.
1: Yeah, there there were quite a few instances last night where where Paul was absorbing hits but also giving a little bit of that punishment back. And, you know, when you've got a, a big body, you can be physical there. But, um, y- you know, he's again, he's turning into a player that, that can really be impactful for the Vegas Golden Knights.
0: I'm going to impress Chris Chapman like never before in our number two, oh, plus boy. our game ratings uh, coming up. VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas from Stephanos.